Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. Well, community, thank you for joining us today on this amazing Father's Day, and we trust, dads, you've already had a good time uh, already this morning, uh, that you're going to enjoy the rest of the day with your family and friends, and uh, today I'm here with two of my friends uh, and two dads as a part of our community church family, and uh, like I said before we came to the video here, we decided to shoot uh, at uh, Alan and Wendy's beautiful location. It's really awesome, and we're excited to be here, so thank you, Alan, for letting us be here, and uh, and again, you know, Joel, for being here as well as we uh, share about the role and responsibility of dads. We're going to talk about who they are, uh, what it's all about. And the truth is, is that, and I mentioned to the guys earlier, as you know, we're doing a competition today. And again, just a reminder, dads, get your dad joke in. You still have time. Worship at communitychurch.ca. And, uh, but, you know, we're doing this whole dad joke. But the truth is, and pun intended, it's no joke. Being a dad, and, and, I, and parenting in general is not an easy task, but it is a significant responsibility. And so, you know, as we venture into this conversation about the responsibility, and I just have a couple of questions, let me, let me give you a little bit of background on each of us. Uh, if you've never met Alan or if you haven't had a chance to meet Joel yet, uh, but Alan, of course, is our veteran. He's our veteran dad. And so Alan and Wendy have two sons. They're married. They're moved out of the house, uh, which Alan's shaking his head. Yes. Thank you that they're left. Uh, and, uh, but no, they're married. Uh, they've got their own kids and they are uh, away. So they've kind of transitioned into the empty nester. So Alan is our veteran of this conversation. And then of course, uh, here to my uh, right is, is Joel Bradley and Joel and Chasta have two children and their, uh, their son is about a year away from high school and their daughter is in elementary elementary school. And then Cora and I are kind of in the uh, the middle of things. We kind of hit a bunch of different stages. We have a college age student who doesn't live at home for most of the year, comes back, you know, eats all of our food for the summer and uh, all that good stuff. And then we have a high schooler. Uh, Sydney's about a year away from graduating high school. And then we have an elementary. So we hit a wide variety of uh, ages and stages. And so I thought it'd be really great to hear both of you. And of course, I'm going to share a little bit of my perspective on fatherhood, because like I said, that's our theme. It's really, it's no small responsibility. Mm -hmm. And with that, my first question, and I'll go to you, Alan. Mm -hmm. My first question is, you know, when I say role and responsibility in the way of fatherhood, what comes to mind? What, what, what thoughts do you have about the role and responsibility of a dad inside of a home? Yeah, it's interesting. The first thing that came to my mind was the idea of, of hunter and protector. So like cavemen, and it's because inside, I think every man is this idea they have to protect their family, they have to provide for their family. But the second one, which which is you know critically important, is the idea of, of connecting with that newborn child. So it's about relationship and it's about that new, that new baby understanding its unconditional love from you as a father and, and acceptance and that, that that new life would, would you know, learn to trust. And I thought then, you know, you, you sort of go to the next stage of life where you're, you're teaching them about life and, and you're, you know, when they fall down, you, you pick them up. That, that aspect of fatherhood. And then uh, as, they, as they develop, you also see that they have gifts and you're trying to understand their calling and, and, and you're trying to help them to figure out how do they get to the next stage in their life. So I think there's definitely different stages and that's kind of how I process the question. So, and I wanted to ask this before we moved over to what Joel uh, feels and senses, but you're a grandfather. 
what kind of perspective on that? Because you're still, in in a sense, you know, investing into you know your family in that way. So is it different, and how is it different? Yeah, so it's obviously different in, in the biggest thing. If you have all this freedom now, you have this time <laughs> that you didn't have before, <laughs> and uh, and the financial stresses, you know, that go along with young families and things, and perspective and experience. And so, you know, you're you're seeing your grandchildren, and you're you're trying to invest in those same ways, but still recognizing that the parents are the ones that have ultimate say in their lives. And you you know, there's a boundary that you kind of figure out. And, uh, and and it's a, it's an exciting time and it's a fun time. But that 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 old saying of you know love when the grandchildren come, love when the grandchildren go is still pretty true because we just do not have the energy to do what all those kids are doing. And that's why when you're when you're young is when God designed us to have kids. Yeah, if you're are you like my parents who would like do everything that we tell our kids they're not allowed to do? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you can get away with it. Exactly. Right? Hop up on sugar, send them home. It's, I got it. Awesome. <laughs> Joel, what about you? How, do, how does the, when I say role and responsibility, what comes to mind? Yeah, for sure. I think for me, it's it's when you step back and, and you think about that, like it is it is a huge responsibility. Mm-hmm. And our journey is a little bit different. You know, I remember when Shasta and I got married, uh, you know, we we're standing in front of our friends and family and I was talking about, you know what, I wanted to have a hockey team. And God had something very different in store for us and took us on a journey and allowed Shasta and I to have the privilege to adopt uh, both Hayden and Sienna from Korea. Yeah. And it was a little bit different perspective, but the journey has been incredible for both of us. And I think for me, kind of the word that comes to me is being a, 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 a someone that can protect mm-hmm. and someone that can watch out for our kids. And I think the cool thing for me is, is that... I was told by a good friend as we were preparing to head to Korea and and he had his first child, he said to me, he said, you know what? He said, the first time that you hold your child for the first time, your perspective changes. Mm. Your outlook on life changes because it's no longer about me. It's about them. And I remember when I was in Korea and I held Hayden for the first time in my arms, it happened. And my perspective on life changed that... I had an incredible privilege, but also a responsibility to care for those that God has given to us as such an incredible blessing. Wow, that's really good. And mine is a little bit, uh, you know, a combination of of both of you. Um, like my initial thought is, you know, modeling, not modeling in the sense of, you know, body shape or a runway walk, which, by the way, I think my runway walk would kill. But anyways, uh, but <laughs> but, you know, it's more about modeling faith, modeling life, you know, uh, and, and that type of stuff. And, 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 pro- and again, protector, same thing. Like I was thinking about, you know, protecting and, uh, and of course, dad joke provider. Again, just a shout out to all the dads. Make sure you get your dad joke in. Worship at communitychurch.ca. Hence, I am pushing this because I want you to do it. I want you to get the detailing. But, you know, but seriously, protecting, but not in the sense of being overbearing. It's really about, you know, the, the guarding them from being involved in things in life that I know is going to have long-term impact on them that's going to be negative um, and, and really helping them to process uh, all of that. And I see it as an investment. Like, I feel like, you know, it's about an investment in caring for them and uh, both in faith and in life, you know, not just, uh, you know, not just going to church. Although I will say this. 
that if there's a high priority for me when it comes to my role, it is really to invest on the faith side of things. I still prep them for life, you know, everything from how to ride a bike to, you know, uh, uh, you know, drive a car or, you know, how to do certain things. Definitely not, you know, renos at the house because that's not my thing. But but you're still you're investing in them. And sometimes it's direction. You know, sometimes it comes in the form of asking questions because you want to prepare them to have a sense of responsibility. And, uh, and so you've got to ask them questions and let them give them an opportunity to fail, mm-hmm. right? Give them an opportunity to, yeah. to, to make a good decision for themselves. And then you go back and you talk it through. So you might ask a question like, well, before you make that decision, what comes to mind? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, or what do you, what do you think would happen? And so those kinds of things is what really, uh, grabs my heart. And of course, just speaking into their lives, uh, in general, but I don't know about you, but I, I do have a scripture and I'll share mine in a second, but is there a scripture or a moment in the Bible that God has used to help influence how you facilitate the role that God has placed on your life. Alan, we'll start with you. Yeah, so I, I, I found a really unusual one. It was started in Genesis 37, and so most people won't pick up on that, but it's the story of Joseph, and partly because it's personal to me, but partly it's that story of overcoming. And if you remember at the beginning of the story, uh, Joseph 17, and you know he's having some dreams, and his, his father's really not connecting with his life in terms of his gifting, and his and his brothers are jealous, and and they throw him under the bus, and so uh, poor Joseph, you know, he finds himself in prison, so he's there for 13 years, and and he just got his head down, and he's trying to be obedient to God, and said, and the and Scripture says that that, that God blessed him. And nobody could foresee that one day Pharaoh was going to have a dream that needed interpreting. And Joseph came along, and, and he was the man of the hour. He had that ability to interpret uh, uh, Pharaoh's dream. But the bigger thing for me in terms of the fatherhood question was that he was made a father of Egypt when he was put in a position of being in control of the finances and, and the wisdom pool that was needed of decisions that needed to be made. Joseph was the person that had been prepared for 13 years by the Lord for this role. So I like it because it talks about overcoming. It it talks about being um, uh, offended possibly or being betrayed and those kinds of things, things that happen to us where we have to overcome. And if you're a father that, you know, has maybe thought that, you know, you've had lots of stuff happen to you and you're just not sure, you know, where is God in all of these things? I know that he uses all of these things and that, and that the outcome, you know, can be amazing. So that was the story that I, uh, that I liked. That's awesome. Alan, I love that thought. And so Joel, I throw it over to you. Is there a scripture? Is there a moment in the Bible that has influenced the way that you have fathered your children to this point? Yeah. You know what? For sure. I think for me, it's the parable in Luke 15, where it talks about the the prodigal son. Mm. And we all know the story. We all know what happens when when the father, uh, you know, his son comes to him and, and his son leaves and his son makes some unwise choices. Mm. But I think in the parable, what really gets me is the vision of that father with his arms extended as his son is returning home. And he's kind of hit rock bottom. And he comes home and, and he's just asking his dad just for something. Mm. No matter what it is, it, it, what, whatever I can do. But his father is there and accepting with his open arms, extending grace and love. And I think that's one of the things that I have learned as a dad, that I will make mistakes along this journey. Mm. And I will say and I will do things 
that I will look back on and I've blown it. But for me, it's that reminder in Scripture of what God teaches each of us as dads mm. is we need to set the bar. Mm. And we need to set the example of what unconditional love looks like. Mm. And for me, in all circumstances, in everything that maybe Hayden or Santa might do, the good, the bad, and the ugly, I got to be a dad that loves, yeah. that loves unconditionally, because that's what God instructs each of us. But that's the example that God has laid out for us, mm-hmm. is that no strings attached. Second, third, fourth chances. God loves us. Yeah. And you know, because that's really the third question that we're going to go to. You just touched on it is the biggest challenge. And what you just said is the biggest challenge. And, and, and I'll use the scripture that God has placed on my heart over the years to launch into that question about challenges, because I feel that way. It's like, you know, when you fail, when you mess up, when you, when you don't live up to what you've actually, you know, challenged your kids on, or, you know, have taught them, or, you know, you're trying to instill in them. And then you have a moment, uh, you know, where you don't do it. And of course they are quick to remind you, uh, their kids, that's what they do, you know, but dad, you know, and, and so, you know, because for me, one of that, that's a big struggle for me because the verse that God's laid on my heart over the years, and I've used this verse, everything from leadership development to uh, like how we, how we, uh, mentor students or, uh, adults or leadership, um, and the same scripture I would use for baby dedications uh, is Ephesians chapter six, verse four. And if you read it in the NIV, it's really familiar. It's, you know, fathers do not exasperate your children, but instead bring them up in the way, in the training and the instruction of the Lord. And for years, I used to use that just as a whole, you know, just as a father. And then I realized that the word father uh, in the Greek actually refers to the leader. And the father in biblical language was the leader of his home, spiritual leader of his home to give direction and to set the tone for the direction of the family. And then I came across the message translation of this. And the moment I read this, boy, did this grab my heart. And it was this, you know, and it says this, fathers do not exasperate your children by coming down hard on them. And you just talked about that, Joel, you know, but take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. Now, I bet you every one of us has a picture of us at some point walking down the street, holding the hand of our you know, our child, whether it's our son or our daughter. In my case, it would be one of my daughters. Alan, I'm sure you've got one of you and one of the boys, you know, somewhere, you know, and that image of taking them by the hand and leading them and giving direction. That's the verse that I've used over the years. But I was reading the Passion Translation the other day as we were prepping for this today. And I love what it says. It says this, raise them up with loving discipline and counsel that brings revelation of our Lord. And I, I, I said it earlier and I'll say it again, that yes, it's my responsibility as a dad to help uh, along with my wife to, to raise our children, to be good citizens and to be a part of their community and to work hard and to position themselves in life so they can have success. But as I've often shared with family, especially when I was doing student ministry, listen, the scripture is clear. You can gain a lot of things in life, but if you lose your soul, what's the point? And that's paraphrasing what, you know, spoken of in the New Testament, you know, and, and so for me, even though I want my kids to succeed in life, more importantly, I want my kids to succeed in faith. Yeah. 
and that passion. I don't want them to go to church just because that's the tradition we've created. I want them to go and to be a part of the church and to be a part of the movement of God because they have a passion and a hunger for that. And I feel like it's my role and my responsibility to take them by the hand and to lead them in that way, to bring them into the council and the revelation of God. But... Man, there are times where I mess up. <laughs> there are times. And so when I fail, and, and I failed not living up to the scripture that I've used to uh, shape how I father, uh, it bothers me when I have a modeling moment that's not so great, or you know, a mentoring moment that's not so good, or I have a moment where I'm not so compassionate and loving because I get frustrated about something. Yeah. I feel horrible. And so that's my, that's my third question, which is, what's your biggest challenge? Because for me, it's when I fail. Now, yeah, you know what? I'll stop there. Alan, what's your biggest challenge? So I went right back to the beginning. So my, my boys are going to be 36 and 40 years ago, or 40 years old this year. And so I went back to the beginning. The biggest challenge was I didn't th think I could be a father. Mm -hmm. And so we had, we had been married for five years. And, and I was ready to become one, but I didn't necessarily feel, feel qualified to be one. And, and, and I kind of had an analogy of an athlete. So we all know people who are just natural athletes, right? And so you're playing baseball with them. They know how to play hockey, and they can play basketball, and they're just really good. But I was never that natural athlete. I was to work, work for it. When I was in school, I always had to work for it. And it, it, I felt like it was the same when I was starting this. And to compound that, we were just saved at the, both the same time, like within six months. So I knew there's all these rough edges that God was not knocking off as well that needed to be knocked off so that I could be more of, of the loving father, you know, that I want to be and that I need to be for, for my kids. And, and, the, and then the third thing that I learned just over time was that if I messed up, to your point, Craig, in terms of over the years, I, I learned that God could fix it. Mm. And, 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 and it wasn't just about you know, me being the one that had to necessarily fix it. God could send people or God could heal somebody's heart or, you know, God could use my wife, especially, right, to fix, you know, maybe something I messed up on. So it, was an, it, was, it wasn't that I didn't want to be responsible. I did. It was just that I felt like, okay, I'm doing my best, Lord, and ugh, I did it again. And then he would just, you know, like a, like a little toddler, he'd just, you know, wipe you off and, you know, pat you in the bum and say, go, go ahead and try again. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, so most of my early struggles were, I think, you know, from 40 years ago. And then, you know, as you get a bit of perspective and experience, then, you know, God, you know, teaches you a few other things. That's good. Joel, what That's about awesome. you? Yeah, for me, I think it would be uh, being a failure of a dad. And that's huge, yeah. right? I think as dads, you know, there, there's a lot of, you know, confidence that comes with that. But sometimes when you look at it and you say, man, the thing that scares me is failing my kids. Mm. You know, God has blessed each and every one of us with children and grandchildren. And sometimes those mountaintop experiences are awesome. But I find in my life, it's in the valleys with my kids that God teaches me. And God gives me some perspective and understanding that even though that I might blow it or I might say something off the cuff, that, that God is there to forgive me. Yeah. And God has taught me throughout the years, especially the stage of life where we're at right now, you know, having a 13 and 11-year-old at home. You know, the, 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 the conversations that we have with our kids, I'm able to go to my children. I'm able to ask them to forgive me mm -hmm. for some of those things that I have failed them. But I have learned over the years that I think being a dad and being a parent 
is a lifelong process. It's a learning. Yeah. And and I, I love that. I love that, that knowing that I'm going to make mistakes along the way, that I'm going to have those mountaintop experiences, but I'm going to be in the valley at times. But God is there right beside us as a family. He's right beside me as a dad to do my very best. And I think that's what God calls each of us as dads is not to be like someone else, but to be the very best that we can be as a dad. Yeah, and you know what's interesting is I gave the guys three questions well, really four, but we didn't talk about what our answers were. And notice how all of us hit the one big one, which is, you know, when I fail as a dad. And the thing is, let's be clear. It's not like it happens like quarterly or, you know, once every six months. We're probably talking weekly. It, you know, there there's probably two or three times in a week where I sit back and I, you know, I throw my hand on my head. And I'm like, ah, oh, I can't believe I just said that. I can't believe I just did that. And then you're right. You go back. And I think that's for me the, 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 the thing that I've done or I've learned to do. Uh, and I can't say that I do it perfectly, um, but when I know that I have messed up, I think I wrote down owning it because mm -hmm. and for this sure. is what Joel is talking yeah. about, you know, about where, you know, you, you go and you ask for forgiveness, you apologize, you make right, you, you know, you, you establish, you know, some, some, um, some, a moment for restoration really is what you're doing. But on top of that, I would challenge every dad out there. If you're watching this right now and you know that you've messed up, not only would I encourage you to own it, but can I just encourage you, don't stop teaching it. Mm. Meaning if, if you failed on a particular like topic or, you know, an instruction or whatever, don't stop doing it because, you know, someone could say to you, well, if you're not living up to it, there's no point. Mm. But, but that, there's a problem with that because even though you may have messed up, you know inside your heart, this is how they should be. Yeah. This is how I should be. So even though we might mess up, doesn't mean, or our failure doesn't make it any less true. It's still true. So you keep walking it out. And so when you have those moments of failure, man, keep pressing through. And to Alan's point, yeah, God, man, God's forgiving God. And, and that he's modeling that to us. And we should be doing the same thing with yeah. our kids. Although my kids are watching this going, yeah, dad, remember that. Yeah. They're probably like <laughs> pointing to me right now. Uh, okay. So last question here is we wind down and then we're going to have Alan pray for all of our dads. Uh, I wanted to ask all of us to, to, to share, is there a word of encouragement that you would like to share to not just dads today, but to men of faith that are watching this right now? Uh, you know, Alan, I'll start with you and then we'll go to Joel and then I'll end and then Alan, you can pray. Yeah, so the, 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 the sentence that the Lord gave me is God loves life. And he invites a, a husband and a wife together to help to create life. And the scripture that he gave me is James 1:17. Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. And so life is a gift, and we've been given that, uh, you know, responsibility as, as parents and as fathers to, to uh, nurture that gift. And so, yeah, that's what I felt the Lord was saying this morning. That's good. Joel, what's the word yeah, that God gave yeah, you? Yeah, I think for me, it's, it's trust. Mm. You know, we have to trust in all circumstances, and that's what God encourages us to do as dads and as men, even when we blow it. We got to trust that God's got all of this figured out. Yeah. And something that my wife has taught me over the years is her love language is time. Mm. And I've had to learn that over the past number of years. 
that I think, especially as dads and as men, is we need to make that investment in our families. Uh, you know, we've had three months of social distancing. We've been sitting around. We have no excuses but to be investing in our kids. Yeah. And as I close, you know, my part, a couple years ago, I was doing some ministry work up in Muskoka, and I was at a prison, and I was doing a chapel service. And as I finished, I went and sat down in my chair, and I was looking out this window, and I was watching these two guys walk around this prison. And after the chapel service, I went up to one of the chaplains, and I asked him, I said, how many of these guys in this prison in the heart of Muskoka come from fatherless homes? And he said, a great question. He said, over the men that he work with, that, that he works with, over 78% of these guys are coming from fatherless homes. Wow. And that has stuck with me and has changed my perspective that as dads, we really need to step up. First, we need to trust. Mm -hmm. We need to love our kids, and then we need to love them a little bit more. But then we also need to be praying for our kids. God has blessed all of us. And we need to make sure that we're praying and encouraging and loving our kids the best we can. You know, and my final word before Alan prays is actually, as you guys are both talking, I was thinking about rising up. And I remember just a couple of weeks ago on TV was The Patriot with Mel Gibson. Yeah. And I love that movie. There are certain movies, my, my church knows this, my church family knows, there are certain movies of on TV, I have to watch it. And it was on. And there's a scene at the very end where, you know, they're pressing forward and then all of a sudden they got pushed back and everyone starts running the wrong direction. And Mel Gibson's character grabs the flag and oh, begins sure. to run the opposite way yelling. And I know sometimes being a dad can feel like it's a battle. And you feel like retreating. Don't retreat. Even in the moments that you fail, rise up, grab that banner, grab that thought, lead your family. You can do it. God will equip you. God will give you the strength. He'll, he'll, he'll work through your imperfections, your moments of failure. We, I promise you, I've experienced that. I know Alan can testify to this over the years, you know, and Joel and I are still in the middle of that. But man, I'm telling you, God can do it. And so dads, don't stop you know, uh, don't, don't back away from the responsibility. Keep pressing on. You're amazing. And you can continue to do amazing work with God's help. So do it. And so Alan, I'm going to invite you. Would you pray over all of our dads that are, and men right now that are watching this? Yeah, we just want to praise your father this morning. And we want to honor all fathers. Some of, some of them have gone on, you know, to, to be with the Lord and, and, and others that are with us, Father, we just want to honor all of them, that our memories of our fathers would be wonderful memories. And Lord, where there's, where there's perhaps relational issues, Father, we just pray for healing and strength in those, in, those, in those things that need a touch from heaven. And so, Father, as we've just been sharing our hearts this morning, we just feel that, Lord, uh, that, that the men need to be strengthened mm -hmm. and, uh, and that your, your love needs to flow through us with, with an increased flow, Father. And Lord, I just pray for healing for all of our hearts, Lord, that we would just become more and more uh, men like Jesus. And so on this day, we just ask for blessing, Father, that peace would be upon each one who's watching. We just ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We speak that. May it, may it be so in your lives. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Joel. Thank you, dads and all the families for joining us. Have a great day. Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at 
www.communitychurch.ca.